It's a beautiful day here by the River Rye in Kildare. The sun is out, finally. From where I'm standing, the view is perfect. But I can't help thinking about something our last guest, John Sweeney of Maynooth University, said to me. It's a little river which has a very interesting history. It is an asset which has a lot of potential. It's an asset which, therefore, I think we should look at quite seriously in terms of, of trying to protect for the future. That got me thinking. Who does protect the river? I mean, hopefully we all do. But there are some people whose job it is to monitor and keep an eye on the rye all the time. I was curious to find out who they were and just how do you protect a river. I'm Liam Garrity, and this is Stories from the Rye. When you're in the middle of Lisa Village, you can't see a thing when you're down the river other than bankside vegetation. and We are one with nature. If there's one person who knows how to protect the Rye River, it's Jan Robert Bars from the School of Biology and Environmental Science in UCD. I'm an entomologist, I'm a freshwater biologist. I'm a lecturer at UCD and I'm a director of Aquins, which is the consultancy that is doing the work for Intel. That work involves monitoring the Rye River. The Rye water is a subcatchment of the Liffey, so it's quite a significant subcatchment of the Liffey. And it drains sort of the, the western part of the Liffey catchment. It's made up of quite a lot of small tributaries. One of the biggest of those is the Lyrene. Which is a, a big catchment coming from the, the south part of the rye water. So the water coming past Intel really arises in the west. And it goes through quite a complex landscape. And Intel has commissioned Aquin's to conduct the biological monitoring, to assess the water quality. So how do you assess it, Jan? Basically, we take samples from the river and the invertebrates tell us what the status of the water is is like. So it's very similar to what the Environmental Protection Agency does. They take what they call kick samples, which essentially you walk into the water and disturb the substrate and anything that lives on the substrate goes into a a net and the contents of the net then is placed into a tray or brought back into the lab and processed and all the invertebrates that sit into that in that net in that sample are then identified quantified so we count them and then we assess based on the proportions of which species are available there or are, are present there based on that we can tell whether the water is in good condition or is somehow impacted and reflects a poor condition. So the invertebrates that sit in the water give us a very integrated signal of the water quality. So if you take a water sample and assess the water chemistry, so the chemical components only tells you what the chemical components is like at that moment. But if you take an example of the invertebrate community, If you take a sample from the environment community, that will tell you what the water quality has been like over a long period of time. Because the invertebrates that live there, live there for quite a long time, so up to two or three years. Most of them only a year, so it integrates that signal of the water quality over that year-long period. The invertebrates that Jan looks at have developed this kind of metric for testing the water. And the metric 
is made up of species that are either sensitive to environmental pollution or invertebrates that are tolerant to some moderate pollution and those that are tolerant to very severe pollution. They're mostly made up of either crustaceans, mollusks or insects. So it's the things like mayflies, stoneflies, caddisflies. These are all things that fishermen would mimic when they try and fly fish for for salmon and trout. They're mimicking that food source for, for the fish. So based on which species are there, you can actually tell whether the, the water is polluted or not. So we have a range of sort of sensitive to tolerant species and we're assessing their their composition of the community. And if most of them are made up of these sensitive species, then we know that the water's condition has been quite good for a long period of time. So what can you do with this information once you've gathered it? We assess it on an annual basis for Intel, and it, it tells us what the water quality has been like for quite a long time, so up to a year. And what that indicates is what that water quality has been like for that year. And because we repeat this monitoring, we can assess whether any mitigation measures that have been put in place or some restorative projects that have been put in place by landowners actually has an effect on the water quality. So if we monitor that over a long time, if that improves, so the water quality improves, then we know whatever we've done in that catchment actually has improved the water quality. They have 27 sites where they monitor the water quality along the whole catchment. So based on the water quality in each of those tributaries, we can tell where we're getting impacts occurring. And then stakeholders like private landowners or county councils like Kildare County Council, we can target measures to try and try and improve the water quality in, in certain tributaries. Kildare County Council are also involved in trying to protect the river. My name is Gavin McDermott and I'm a, an environmental enforcement officer here with Kildare County Council working in the environment section and the enforcement of water related legislation. Like Jan, Gavin has a lot of monitoring points along the Rye to keep an eye on the water. So water quality standards will determine then if the quality of the water is compliant with these standards or not. But it's not just all about checking the water quality. Gavin says there are a number of assessments that take place. The most important ones include the biological assessments, which are done in three-year cycles by the biologists in the Environmental Protection Agency. So there'd be a vast amount of, of data there that's used to determine what the status of the, of the water is. So what's influence and status? It's without doubt influenced by what humans are doing throughout the catchment. So in the Rye River catchment, it would be hugely influenced by agriculture. Agriculture would be the main driver of water quality. Along with that, then, you would have urban influences. So you take it the likes of Kilcock, Manuth, right down into, into Leakslip. You'd have urban influences affecting water quality. 
then you have our, our rural dwellers. So these are the, the one-off houses that, that are located throughout the countryside where people, families living in the country have to dispose of their own wastewater on their own site. So you would have septic tanks and other domestic wastewater treatment systems sitting on, we'll say typically your half acre, three quarter of an acre site into which the, the treated effluent discharges from the house, gets treated, gets attenuated and treated further in the soil and eventually will end up in, in waters. The important thing is that it ends up in waters having been adequately treated. But we would have a high density of, of, of one-off houses in the rye water catchment. As well as that, the rye is situated in a, in a, in a, in a catchment where the soils are, are quite heavy, so quite clay kind of soils, which would be prone to an increased risk of, of surface runoff, which in turn then carries the nutrients into the rivers and our monitoring will pick up these nutrients at some stage along the course of the river. Gavin, how can industry and local authority work together to enhance the resource that we have in the rye? And has it changed over time? Yeah, that's an interesting point. And it is it is something that has been addressed through the, the rollout of river basin management plans, which are being implemented by a number of agencies to to try and achieve the objectives of the of the water framework directive which is basically to to achieve good status in all waters so front and center of that is engagement with stakeholders and the general public so it will be seen as a key measure in the current cycle the 2018 to 2021 river basin management plan is that more efforts are made to to engage the public on waters and the role that the public can play in, in improvement water quality and I suppose to encourage them to take an interest in the waters. Industry on the other hand then similarly there will be significant stakeholders in the rye water going back to my point about agriculture being, being, the, being the main driver of, of water quality. We need to constantly engage with the, the farming community but it's it's not that easy done at local authority level because we're the enforcers of, of of legislation and many times the farmers will see the the local authority as the the agency coming out to inspect and and, and report them you know and and try to find something wrong whereas really we're trying to work with them and point out to them what what they could do differently or what they need to do to bring their their facilities up to a better standard you know to help the situation in the catchment but aligning that with with some sort of formal approach is very difficult because a farmer is such a diverse the farmers are such a diverse community unless there's a there's a standalone body there whose role it is to, to do this. It's very difficult for, for local authorities to, to do it. But we do work with, with the likes of Chagask and the, the, the farm advisors where, where farmers have them to reach a, a positive outcome. And as well as that, an important, an important aspect of the, the Water Framework Directive is the, the LAWPRO, the Local Authority Waters Programme 
which would have as part of its toolbox, you know, catchment scientists and experts in the in the area of catchment science, as well as experts in the in the agricultural sector who are who are there to offer free advice to, to, to farmers on what measures they can take, low cost measures, for example, they can take at farm level that might help a localized issue. And then I suppose stepping out from the farming sector, you would have uh, you might be lucky enough to have a big organization uh, such as Intel on the Rye River, given that it has a, a huge stake and a huge part to play, uh, you know, through the through the Rye River Group. It, it established the Rye River Group several years ago and is well represented, you know, by the likes of IFI, the Inland Fisheries Ireland, the you know, the local authority, the Carton Estate and residents associations in League Slip and so on and so forth, where it, it offers a forum for those people to meet a couple of times a year and discuss what the issues are and what everyone is doing to try and progress things. with Jan Robert Bars, I wondered how the river looks now and is there still a lot we could be doing? Unfortunately, I think that the, the rye water has a very complex landscape. So it runs through quite a intensively farmed landscape and then it also goes through sort of urban stretches. So it has a quite a complex land use that then feeds into the rye. And that, that makes it difficult because if you, if you have those you know, there's combined effects, there's multiple stresses that are coming into the system. So, yeah, there's always work to be done because we need to make sure that all those activities are having as little impact on the river as possible. The rye water has been very productive. It's got excess nutrients and it has had so for a long time. So the water quality has been has been sort of moderately polluted as the sort of status. And what that means is that the it hasn't reached its ecological goals yet. So any work that gets done to try and improve that is of benefit. And of late, the work that Kildare County Council in collaboration with Intel have done have actually slightly, I think in few stretches, have slightly improved the water quality. So the water quality has been stubbornly, moderately polluted for a long time in the rye water, the main channel of the rye water. But only just of late and since 2019, we've seen an improvement in the water quality. And that's moved from sort of what we call a Q3 to 4 to a Q4. And a Q4 essentially indicates that it's good ecological quality. So if the combined kind of efforts that have been done to try and reduce livestock access, to reduce the amount of pollution being put into the water, all have helped, I think, to increase the ecological status. So it's quite exciting, I think, in the last two years that the water quality has actually just slightly improved. So we've we've been doing this for over 20, 20 years and we've seen that river sit at Q3, three to four for a long time. So it was a very, very encouraging that that's increased to a Q4. Huh. It really shows you that these things do take time to happen. Absolutely. We've, we've had a pilot study in conjunction with Kildare County Council on the Clonshambo, where we've targeted one of these tiny little tributaries and where they've done a lot of work, working with landowners to fence off small tributary, 
to re remove the excess sediments that have that have accumulated and improve the sinuosity of the of the small streams and it's taken the guts of four to five years now where those improvements have now started to embed and we're hoping that that those kind of small improvements will actually have a significant effect further downstream so it's it's really encouraging the amount of work that that took to you know reduce the livestock access to improve the riparian condition improve the water the the habitat within the water and now over a long period of time that's now actually started to benefit the system My thanks to Jan Robert Bars from the School of Biology and Environmental Science in UCD and Gavin McDermott of Kildare County Council. In upcoming episodes, we'll be trying to spot the varied wildlife along the Rye and we'll be wading into the river itself to hear from those in the angling community with more stories from the Rye. Stories from the Rye is proudly produced by Intel Ireland. Today, we'll give the last word to Jan Robert Bars. Good water quality is essential for to maintain the normal functioning of our rivers. So we get a lot of benefits from our from our rivers um, through abstraction, through water amenities, um, supporting biological diversity, and these are all key things that need to be maintained. So if we maintain the water quality, or we slowly improve the water quality, we can then secure those ecological functions or what we often call as ecological services so these are the the things that we benefit from having a a good good intact well-functioning river system